0: Welcome to the Fisher and Phillips Wage and Hour podcast. This is a podcast that explores questions and ideas associated with employers' desire to pay and treat employees properly. I am Haygood Ty, and I have the pleasure of serving as the co-chair of the Fisher and Phillips Wage and Hour practice group. Today, I am joined by Matt Korn, who is one of my law partners who practices extensively in the areas of wage and hour, particularly class and collective action lawsuits. And through this uh, practice, he has a significant amount of experience in preparing arbitration agreements, litigating over whether they're valid, um, and otherwise working with companies to set up arbitration programs. So today, our conversation is about when arbitration agreements are the answer for employers. And Matt, it seems to me like a good place to start is the question of whether or not arbitration agreements are good for every company. I mean, are there pros and cons that we ought to be thinking about or that companies should consider when they're trying to decide whether to initiate an arbitration
1: program? Great, Thank, thanks, Eged. Yeah, I think that's a, a great question. Um, it, it, as you know, good a, a few years ago, the Supreme Court has issued some some decisions um, saying and, and validating that employers can have mandatory arbitration um, that, that uh, includes a class and collective action waiver. So a lot of employers are considering these issues, have rolled out arbitration programs or are considering rolling out arbitration programs um, but one of the things that, you know, we we generally talk with our clients about is there are some pros and cons associated with it. And so, you know, obviously some of the pros that that employers are thinking about is um, probably the biggest one is the the class action waiver. And so the ability to um, instead, you know, wage an hour lawsuits are often brought on a class basis, meaning they're going to impact all of your, all of the employees in a certain category of employees for. Um, you know, two or three years under federal law. And so if you can if you can avoid that, if you have an employee that hires a lawyer and you can avoid that through a class action waiver and litigate on an individual basis, that can help you avoid some costly litigation. So um, Matt, that some, would
0: be a that would be a situation then where the potential exposure for an employer might drop from millions of dollars down to thousands of dollars or even less,
1: right? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, yeah and, and in terms of the cost, um, in addition to that, um, some in some cases arbitration can be less expensive than litigation. Um, arbitration is is typically a little bit more efficient. Often you can have limited discovery, and so in in some cases arbitration can be less expensive. Although we'll talk in a minute about um, that's not always the case. Um, other other considerations. Um, one of the big ones is that our our clients, you know, when they get sued by employees, um, you can often have media attention around those um, lawsuits, and 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 in the court system, the the filings are public and the media gets a hold of them. And arbitration, um, it's not entirely private, but it's much less um, public than court decisions. So if you get an an unfavorable arbitration decision, um, it can be a little bit more private. Um, And then, you know, another pro is that through the arbitration process, we're dealing with an arbitrator versus the court system where you're often dealing with a jury. Um, And with a jury, you can have, you know, you can get hit with a big verdict from a jury that, that may not, may or may not understand the law. So some people think the arbitration process gives you a little bit more control over that outcome as well.
0: So those are some great positives. Uh, there are some cons though too, right? I mean, like one of the ones that jumps to mind for me is there are times when an arbitration, the arbitration process can be expensive. You know, some of the arbitration services have pretty high fees you're, you have to pay the arbitrator as opposed to a court where, of course, it's illegal for you to pay the judge. Um, and as the employer, uh, under current law, the employers generally are required to pay all the arbitrator expenses as opposed to sharing those with the other side. So it seems to me like costs could be an issue. Are there other negatives that jump to mind for you, Matt?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, Yeah, I think I definitely think costs. Some of these arbitration services can charge, you know, $1,900 for a filing fee, um, which which in a claim with very limited damages can can sometimes surpass the amount of damages. Um, Arbitrators can be expensive. Um, In addition to that, um, sometimes you get an arbitration panel with a group of arbitrators that aren't that are not, you know, that don't look like they're going to be favorable to the company's perspective. They may be a group of plaintiff's attorneys. Um, on the arbitration panel, so you you may have people on the the panel that aren't necessarily favorable. Um, I, you know, I think I think there's a, at least a general impression that um, many arbitrators, and not all, it's it's not every case, but in some in some cases, arbitrators do like to what we call split the baby. Um, you know, kind of give each side a little bit of a win, which of course, in a wage and hour context, can be can be detrimental to the company um, because under the wage and hour laws, under the federal law and many state laws, if the if the plaintiff wins or prevails on their claim, then the company has to pay the, the um, employee's attorney's fees. That doesn't work the other way around. So that, you know, split the baby approach is not always favorable. Um, and similarly, I think um, in many arbitrations, the arbitrators are less likely potentially than a court, especially a federal court, to grant a motion, an early motion to dismiss the case or for summary judgment. Because I think, you know, sometimes arbitrators have a financial incentive to to go through a hearing, to have a couple days of um, of hearing, to hear out the witnesses, to give the employee their day in court. And so often you're up against that. Um, and I've had arbitrators tell me that, you know, they're they're very unlikely to grant any kind of early motions um, yeah. in a case.
0: Oh, great. Well, those are good points. Well, one of the things I wanted to mention is, is that, you know, let's say you're a company that's decided you want to roll out arbitration agreements. You know, one of the things that I see uh, sometimes is companies uh, going online, downloading something, or borrowing an arbitration agreement that they've sent some uh, seen some other organization use, and I would caution those listening uh, not to do that and and the reason for that is is and we're not going to get into all the detail of it on this on in this discussion, but there are uh, sometimes state law considerations that may need to be taken into account. I have seen arbitration agreements that You know, companies have edited and edited in such a way that make them likely to be unenforceable. Um, And so, you know, you're better off having a lawyer who understands arbitration programs and understands the laws of your state to help develop a program that's going to be enforceable for you. Uh, And so, really, I would say there's not a one size fits all arbitration agreement for everyone. The last thing I want to Uh, address during this podcast, Matt, is, you know, let's say you've got a program, you've put it together, you've talked to your lawyer about it. um, Should you roll it out to new hires only, or should you roll it out to your current employees as well? And are there any issues we ought to be thinking about there?
1: Yeah, sure. I I think that's a good question. One one of the issues to consider with that is that in, in most areas of the country, most states, for a new employee, your offer of employment is, is consideration for the agreement. Any agreement needs um, an offer, acceptance, and some kind of consideration—something of value that's exchanged—to be enforceable. And so, usually, the offer of employment is typically sufficient consideration. Um, so it's, it's easier with new with new employees. Some areas, though, don't allow for continued at-will employment to be consideration. Um, and so, there's other other considerations with current employees. You got to Think about whether, um, you know, in some areas, a mutual agreement to arbitrate claims is sufficient. So, you know, the company in the agreement is is saying the employee has to arbitrate any claims they have against the, the company and, and vice versa. the company has to arbitrate any claims they have against the employer. Um, and so in, and in some areas, you might need to do more than that. You might need to give a bonus or some other consideration. It raises some other questions, though, when you think about that, if the company is going to arbitrate claims against the employee, if, if you are going to arbitrate the company's companies that sue employees, it's typically over things like breach of restrictive covenants. So it raises issues of carving out, you know, if you, if you have to go into court for a temporary restraining order, you want to carve that out in your arbitration agreement. So, uh, you know, it, it, all of this goes back to, hey, good, There's there's really no one size fits all here. What works for one company might not be the same for another company. And so you really have to think through how you're setting up the program before you just start rolling it out. Well,
0: great. Well, I'll just uh, close with this comment, and that is, is, if you're a company that's thinking about putting arbitration agreements in place, I would encourage you to address it, and if you're going to do it, go ahead and do it now. And the reason is because it takes several years, due to the statutes of limitations for various laws that you may be arbitrating under, to get the full benefit of your arbitration program. So, don't think about it for six months or a year. If you're going to do it, go ahead and get your ducks in line and get it rolled out now. So Matt, I want to thank you for your insight today. If you would like more information about arbitration agreements and programs, feel free to contact Matt Korn or myself. I would also encourage you to take a look at the wage and hour page on the Fisher and Phillips website where there are other recorded podcasts, articles, and other information that may be of value to your organization. I hope everyone stays safe and well. Thank you.
1: This podcast provides an overview of a specific developing situation. It is not intended to be and should not be construed as legal advice for any particular fact situation.